0: Hey guys, Welcome back to the Rugby League Guru Podcast, filming on location uh, for part of this week. We are away down the south coast, as you would have seen on our Instagram story. Uh, the Guru does not sleep, though. We have taken all of our gear. We are recording on location, obviously not in our normal studio. So apologies if the volume or the sound isn't as great. The audio, I should say, isn't as great as usual. But I uh, had to get a bit of time away with the missus and take the dog down the coast. So enjoying ourselves here. Plenty of drinks, plenty of sangria, plenty of barbecues, having a great time. But we still need to be putting out plenty of content on the Rugby League Guru podcast. It is going to be a massive one this week. We've got Nathan Cleary joining us. He joined us last Monday. Uh, that podcast will be dropping on Wednesday. There is going to be an interview with him, which we ask some uh, some sort of out-of-the-box questions, some things that I haven't really heard Nathan talk about before, which is really exciting. Not your normal sort of, where did you grow up? Did you play Harold Mats? Did you play SG Ball? I feel like you all know that story about Nathan, so we go into a bit more detail. We touch things like... James Maloney, uh, who's more important, Isaiah Yo or Appy Curacao? Where would this team be without Appy? The pressure leading into that grand final. The sensation after, was it jubilation? Was it relief? Uh, Clive Churchill medal, the, the involvement of his dad on his career, how he's dealt with... That sort of um, that sort of negative attention that Nate has always got because he is the son of Ivan and he's the head coach, uh, state of origin as well. Working with Joey on his kicking game, a heap of stuff that I haven't really heard Nate talk about too much. A sensational bloke, really enjoyed my time, and then of course he names his dream team, which was great. Uh, a couple of really interesting choices, which personally I loved. We were very much on the same level uh, and the same wave as far as how we were thinking and how we would both build our team and there was one point where I was having a beer yesterday talking with a mate saying that uh, Nathan mentioned that in their Penrith's Panthers side like in every team you need an enforcer you need a guy that you look around the change room and you've got that guy and I, I said to him oh, who is that guy for Penrith and he straight away said James Fisher-Harris no question about it, he didn't hesitate he didn't have to think about it, he just knew straight away that James Fisher-Harris is the guy that when he's putting on his jersey they just feel so much more confident no matter which forward pack they're going up against because James Fisher-Harris is on their team. And I was saying to my mate, we were saying, who is that guy in every single team? And over a few beers, we went through and we named them. Uh, was, was was pretty drunk by that point, so didn't write them down or anything. But I thought I'd just go through live and deal with you now. I remember some of the conversations I had with him, some of the guys we picked out. But this would be my live reaction. The Panthers, I agree with Nathan Cleary. I would be going straight away to James Fisher-Harris. He'd be the guy there. When I get to the Manly Seagulls, I have a look at their side I've always thought Adam Vanilla Blake's been that guy for a couple of years. He's now left. I think it has to be Marty Tapao. He has to be the guy you look at. Jake Trevojevic, he's probably the best forward in this team. But as far as that intimidation factor, the leader of the pack, I think it has to be Marty Topow. He's the biggest, strongest got the offload game. He can be as aggressive as he wants. So I think has to be Marty to power from the Manly Seagulls. I get down to the Canberra Raiders. Uh, interesting side here when I look at the Raiders. Probably 18 months ago, I would have definitely said Josh Papali, and I think he still has to be right up there, but I'm starting to think it might be Joey Tapanay. I'm starting to wonder if he's the guy that they look to when they need a big emotional lift. Josh Papali's been a premier front row in our game for a long time, whether it be in Clubland, land, whatever it might be. I think it has started to take a bit of a toll on Josh. I think that Joey Tapané is starting to sort of become that guy. Uh, I think Adam Elliott, he could potentially be that guy over the next few months. I think he's going to do really well down there in Canberra. The Cronulla Sharks, our next side we're going to have a look at. Uh, a number of guys to pick from here. Now, go down the path of Dale and He's the new guy there. You could tell me it's Cam McInnes. Uh, you could tell me it's a guy like Toby Rudolph. I, I sort of think a low-key guy in this team is Sif Italico. And I think over the next few years, he will develop in the main sort of dude. Way Graham as well. They've got a really tough group of forwards that have a bit of a skill set to them as well but they're all tough little hombres. I think uh, Dale Finucane he would have to be right up there. Isaac John, he did a podcast with Brandon Smith the Hectic Cheese that just dropped yesterday afternoon. I advise you go and have a listen to that and the way that he talks about Dale Finucane, he just says that he is just an absolute maniac. He Before he went and played Origin 3 this year uh, the Melbourne Storm played on the Sunday night or whatever it was and he decided he wasn't uh, he wasn't as fit as he would like to be. So after their game finished their NRL first grade game he played 60 minutes, going berserk in the middle. He took himself to the gym to do a fitness session. He's just built differently, Dale Finucane. So I think he'd probably be my guy for the Sharks there's a couple of guys that put their hand up there. Let's move to the Brisbane Broncos. For me, a really easy one, it has to be Payne Haas. There's been a lot of young forwards that have come through this system over the last few years. But Payne Haas, he seems to be the guy moving forward. He seems to be the true leader of this club. We've heard the Sydney Roosters are talking to him personally. I don't think they'll end up landing him, I hope, for the sake of Brisbane and for the sake of the NRL. Payne Haas stays up there. Because for me, and I know people disagree and people enjoy seeing the Broncos not doing overly well. For me, Rugby League is better when the Broncos are better. There's a couple of teams like South Sydney, Newcastle, Brisbane. When they're going well, Rugby League's going well, in my opinion. So Payne Haas, he's definitely the leader of that pack up there. A couple of other young guys coming through I think are going to be really impressive over the next few years. But Payne Haas, he's the dude for me up there. South Sydney Rabbitohs, uh, I think it has to be Cam Murray, but... Cam Murray doesn't really have that. Um, he, he's obviously got an aggressive side to him, but he, he doesn't have that sort of bad guy image to him, you know? So changes it a little bit, but there's no doubt whatsoever Cam Murray, he's a leader in this pack. Jaden Sewer, I think he ha- had a bit of, of, of this about him over the last few years. He's now gone. Cam Murray's the main guy. I think Tom Burgess has been sensational the last few years. He's sort of stepped into this role as well. A very unreliable guy in the past. I know that I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't rely on him to catch a ball or complete their set or get them in the right spot. But over the last 18 months, I think Tommy Burgess has really gone to a new level. I think Junior Jatola has this sort of uh, side to him as well, a really handy front rower there. But Cam Murray, he's a standout guy. He's a little bit different to your James Tishara Shadden for Noah Blakes. But I honestly do think he's probably the best forward in rugby league at the moment. He can just do it all, Cam Murray. He is incredible. Let's move to the Sydney Roosters. Uh, A couple of guys to pick from here. The first guy that comes to my mind is Jared Rare Hargraves. I think he's the guy that, when they're getting kitted up and they look around the change room and he's the old veteran who has seen it all. Everyone's hated him for an eternity. He just keeps showing up. He never misses his assignment. So I think Jared Rhea Hargraves, he would probably have to be the guy at the Roosters. I think Takiaho, Angus Crichton, Victor Radley, those three guys, not far off the mark either. I think over the next few years, Lindsay Collins will develop into that role as well. I think he'll probably step in as Rhea Hargraves gets a little bit older. I think that was the plan last year, but injuries and whatnot just didn't allow it to happen. But of course, Victor Radley, I already mentioned him, but he would have to right up there with these guys as far as the Roosters goes. This is the beauty of the Chooks though. They've got so many guys to choose from. Um, I think over the next two weeks or so, you might see them add another guy uh, from Melbourne. So, we'll see how that one plays out. The Newcastle Knights. Now, when I look at this Knights side, I want to say David Clemmer. He's the guy that was so intimidating for so long in rugby league, especially with the Canterbury Bulldogs. Went to Newcastle as a Kangaroos front rower. I've got to tell you, I think Daniel has definitely jumped in front of him. And I think there's a fair argument that Jacob has dropped him, jumped in front of him as well. So when I look at that Newcastle side, I honestly think David Clement might be the third best front rower based on how they are playing right now. Yeah, based on 2021 form, I think David Clement is the third best front rower in that team. I think Daniel is the best. I think Jacob is the second best. And I think Daniel... Realistically, he is that guy moving forward. Another guy they've got with that intimidation sort of value for me is Mitch Barnett. He's got a couple of screws loose, but sometimes that's what you need in rugby league. That's the sort of forward you need running out to you. So I would have those guys at the very top, but I think the Saifidi brothers, led by Daniel, I have to say, I think these guys are the top of that pecking order as far as as far as a guy you look at when you're getting changed and uh, those, those guys they're going to be more important than ever now with Piercy leaving. Um, you know, obviously losing a halfback is an absolute nightmare. It's very hard to fill that sort of role, but. Good God, it can be helpful filling that role when your forwards win the ruck every week. If your forwards are losing the ruck and then you've got a halfback who is trying to fill the shoes of Mitchell Pearce, God, your life just becomes so difficult. If, if those forwards up at Newcastle can lay a good platform and just give KP every opportunity uh, to do what he can do best, it could be anything up there. So big year for those forwards, but Daniel Saifidi, he'd be the one for me. Let's move to the New Zealand Warriors. This is a pretty easy one for me, to be honest with you. I think Tohu Harris, he's probably the best player in the team or the best forward in the team anyway. But for me, it has to be Adam for Blake. I think he is criminally slept on by the vast majority of NRL fans for just how good he is. Uh, He is just such... He's just something different about him, you know. As I said, I would have had him as the manly pick for the last few years. Now he's left. I I think he's a top five front rower in that game. I think he's intimidating as all hell, but I think he's a top five front rower in that game. He can offload. He's got a good step. He gets to his elbows and knees. He's good in defense. He's got a pretty big engine, and he's just hard to handle. He's got that Andrew Fafita sort of style about him. Not to the extent as Andrew Fafita was a couple of years ago, but I think a few injuries have sort of held AFB back a little bit. He's a guy that... Grew up in my sort of general local area, seemed down at the, at the local uh, A grade comp quite a bit watching there. Seems like a nice guy. He's obviously covered in the tuts and everything and uh, very outspoken and whatnot, but for his family, for his friends, seems like a real genuine sort of guy, and and I I think he's a great get for the Warriors moving forward. So Adam Fanua Blake, he would be my guy at the New Zealand Warriors. Let's move to the Dragons. A really interesting one here. I think it has to be Tariq Sims. Tariq Sims or Jack DeBellin, I think. You've obviously got George Burgess who has signed there. Uh, I'm hearing that he has got some pretty bad injuries, and we're not... I'm I'm not convinced we're going to see anywhere near the best of George. Uh, It could be the worst we see of George, if what I'm hearing is true about. About his injuries, but I see on his Instagram story and everything that he's going hard at it every day. So maybe it is just uh, a heap of shit talking from over there in England, but it'll be interesting to see how that one plays out. I still think, though, even if George was to play his best footy, I still think that guy for the Dragons uh, is Jack DeBellin or Tariq Sims. I think Blake Laurie probably isn't too far off that mark either. I think he's a really good front rower. But Jack DeBellon and Tariq Sims, they just bring a little bit something extra that no one else does in that team. I think if they were to shift to Jack Bird into lock, he could maybe have a bit of it about him. Uh, but, yeah, it's Tariq Sims, Jack DeBellin, they're the standouts for me. But I'm not sure how many other teams they'd walk into and they'd be that guy, if you know what I mean. So probably says more about the Dragons and where they're at at the moment. Let's move to our next club. We've got the West Tigers. Uh, for me, the Tigers, as crazy as it sounds, I think it has to be Stefano. Uh, He just When he's not on the field, they're a different footy side. Now, I haven't seen Stefano go at anyone. I haven't seen him punch anyone. I haven't seen him do anything really outrageous. But the way that he runs the ball is intimidating. I think he's the guy that they get a real lift when he's playing. And I think when he's not on the field, they really do miss him. And I know he's young. I know he's only been there for a couple of months. But I think he's got a huge future. He would probably be my pick. I've looked through the rest of that side. I think Alex Twal... He's probably a little bit too nice, to be honest with you. Uh, I think he's a great player, but I don't think he really fits that sort of mould. I think Isaiah Papaliti, he could be the guy when he does arrive there eventually. Luciano Lua, I think he's more of that sort of high-end ceiling ability rather than real enforcer. But good God, he has played tough over the last 18 months. There's no doubt about that. But I think Stefano, he has been the main guy for me there. That's the guy that I look at there for the Tigers. you got James Tamo there. He, he's the old veteran. He's been there. He's done it. He means a lot to this team but i think that as much as they they would lack a lot of leadership without james tarmo when Stefano isn't on the field. They are in serious, Barney. Let's move to the Melbourne Storm heading into next year. I think it's still going to be Jesse Bromwich, uh, old veteran, sort of fits in that same sort of category as James Tamo, I guess. But I think Bromwich has a bit more say and a bit more pull within this team. I think it would have been Dale Finucane. He's now moved on. I think Nelson Osofosola-Mona, he's got the real potential to be that guy over the next few years. Uh, You've obviously got Brandon Smith as well, who, I oh. I personally think he's going to be a better 13 than what he was hooker. I think he'll be better for the Melbourne Storm at 13 than what he was at 9, which is crazy to think because I thought he was the best 9 in rugby league last year. So scary sort of stuff there. I think the caliber of 13s is a little bit higher than the caliber of 9s in rugby league right now. So Brandon Smith, he would have to be right up there. But I think Jesse Bromwich, he's probably still the guy there, realistically. I think Felice Gafusi could throw him in there as well. Real tough as nails sort of character. Same as Kenny Bromwich. They're all sort of cut from the same cloth down there in Melbourne. But Jesse Bromwich, he'd be my overall pick there. Let's move to the Parramatta Eels. couple to pick from here. Junior Paulo and Nathan Brown. They're the two standouts for me straight away. Regan Campbell-Gillard, I'd probably have him just on the tier below, but not far off those other two. I think Junior Paulo... He's probably the guy. He's got more of that intimidation factor. He's a bigger body. He's got a bit of X factor about him. But as far as just being an out-and-out-goer, I think Nathan Brown. uh, He plays so far above his weight, above his size. It's incredible. Love the ticker that he goes in with. I always say that every team needs a Nathan Brown, a bloke that is just going to fight for every inch. And that's what I love about Brownie. I've always loved that about him. So Nathan Brown or Junior Paulo, I'd probably slightly side with Junior Paulo, but uh, there's probably a little bit of bias in me for how much I love Nathan Brown. Brown leans me towards him as well. Let's move to the Gold Coast Titans. Uh, Two guys come to mind here. Actually, three guys. Uh, Tino and David Fafita, they're the first two that come to mind. But I'll tell you what, I think Mo Waker. he's got to be in there as well. Jared Wallace has always been really solid for them. I always think that Jared Wallace is a little bit overhyped to some extent, but when I sit down and watch him closely, I can see why he's picked in Origin teams and why blokes love to play with him as well. So, they've got a couple of guys there. I think Tino's probably the main dude at the moment. Fafita's obviously got the high-end ability, but you know Tino in the middle. He's never going to give an inch. We've seen him go head-to-head with Payne Haas in State of Origin. That's the sort of shit you want to see. That's the sort of guy you want to go to war with. So Tino, scary to think. I was looking at him the other day. He's 21 or 22. It feels like he's been around for a while. He's obviously already achieved a lot in his his career so far. He's going to be staying at the Gold Coast Titans, staying at the club for a couple more years, which is really exciting. He'd probably be the enforcer that I would pick at the Gold Coast Titans. Let's move to the North Queensland Cowboys has to be Tamalolo um i think he's been utilized poorly over the last few years i've talked enough about that though but as a player tamalolo the way that he's just able to carry guys was talking to nate currie about him the other day and just sort of said you know, when you're playing the Cowboys that weekend, how much are you talking about Malolo And he said, it's at least 50% of the week when we're talking about the opposition, we're talking Malolo and how to stop him. And most of the time, everything we say, we're not able to do because he's he just dominates that much. So Malolo would have to be right up there. He's not the sort of guy that we've seen you know, run around punching blokes out and everything. But the game has changed. It's not about that anymore. He has got that intimidation factor where he says, give me the pill and I will take them on. I will go for 300 meters or whatever it might be. Hopefully he gets more and more guys that are able to join him and able to actually help him. Um, Josh McGuire was there a couple of years ago that they let him go. He's one I didn't actually mention for the St. George of Luarra Dragons, but I'm not sure if he makes their team this year realistically. But up with the Cowboys, I definitely think it has to be Jason Taumalolo. Let's move to the Canterbury Bulldogs. Uh, obviously a team. That is changing a lot. I think Paul Vaughan's got the potential to be this sort of guy, but it's very hard to go past Josh Jackson, isn't it? Josh Jackson and Luke Thompson. I think these are the two true leaders in this team. Tevita Pango Jr., he he's got an opportunity to do this as well. But I really don't want Tavita getting into these dick measuring competitions. That's when he loses his head and he can lose his mind and he can lose the game for the team, realistically. So for me, I would probably have to go with Joshy Jackson here and probably Luke Thompson as well. Those two would be the pick for For me, that rounds out our enforcers from each and every team. Guys, remember, we've got the Nathan Cleary podcast dropping on Wednesday at 5.30. We'll have seen it on Instagram last night, so stay tuned for that one. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter.